Dahil mahal kita Dahil mahal na mahal kita Okay, I'm recording. Yay, fabulous. So I'll just start. Hi, I'm Patricia. Before recorded history, humans knew singing as a deep source of power. Power to change, power to heal, power to be present with what is. Right here, right now, we are remembering the ancient gift of song, using modern tech to help us tap into resilience and capacity in chaotic times. Welcome to the 125th episode of A Breath of Song. I'm so glad you chose to do this today, which is extra special because Jérôme Pascal is joining us for a songwriter conversation. Hi, Jérôme. Welcome. Hi, Patricia. Thank you for having me. I'm so delighted you are here. We are here to find more ways to sing songs that help us heal, adapt, and grow. Your voice is exactly what's needed for this. I'm coming to you straight from my brand new home, as in we moved in two days ago, in what is now called Burlington, Vermont, on the unceded lands of the Abenaki people. And Jérôme, tell us where you're calling from. So I'm calling from my living room in uh, an apartment in Lyon, which is a city uh, towards the south of France. It's the third largest city in France, and it's known as the gastronomic um, capital of France. Mm, what a smart place to go. <laughs> yeah, apparently for the size of the city, there are a lot of Michelin star restaurants. Mm. So, yeah. Have you eaten in any of them? I don't think I've ever gone to a Michelin star restaurant myself. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yet, but... That's like one of the things on my on my bucket list. Fair enough. Yeah. All of our voices will turn up as they are today, and whether well-fed recently or not, no matter what, we can feel the connection to our breath and the vibration in our body. Let's find how good it can feel to sing. Last week, I shared Jérôme's song, Antito Ngayon, which in English is Here, Now. Today, Jérôme will be teaching us Dahil Mahal Kita, and she will explain what it means, and we will learn it slowly so it can settle inside you and you can begin to trust it as a resource. Let it move you into a state of flow. Then we get to enjoy a conversation with Jérôme, and we'll close out with the song again at the end. You'll always be able to find this episode with full show notes and artwork in the Library of Songs at abreathofsong.com. So let's start warming up, and you'll be able to hear both Jérôme and me as we're yawning and stretching. <sighs> Maybe rolling your shoulders a bit. Becoming aware of the space between your ears, down through your neck, all the way to your shoulders, and then over the edges Cross your biceps and triceps and down into your hands. Maybe give them a shake. Oh. Mm. Finding what feels good. Notice the breath as it's coming in and out. How it can widen your ribs as it comes in. Open up space below your armpits. And then release. And let the next breath widen down into your belly. 
Stretch your lower back and release, maybe softening your jaw. And next breath, widening down into your pelvis. And let it slide up your spine. And now just letting your voice explore in ways that feel good and connected to your breath. And scrunching up your face and making some tight scrunchy sounds. And opening up wide and soft. Jerome, I'll turn it over to you to share the song. Okay. So the song has very few words. We repeat the same line several times. And then towards the end of the song, we add another set of words. So basically, the first three lines go... Or the, the words that we use for the first three lines are Dahil Mahal Kita. Dahil, Dahil Mahal, mahal kita. kita. Dahil, Dahil Mahal, mahal kita. kita. The melody of the first line goes Dahil Mahal Kita. 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 The second line, we change the melody. Dahil mahal na mahal kita. 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 What does it mean? Dahil mahal kita. It means because I love you so much. So the first line with the second line should go. Dahil mahal kita. Dahil mahal na mahal kita. Dahil mahal kita. Dahil mahal na mahal kita. On the third line, we change the melody again. Dahil mahal kita. Dahil mahal kita. Dahil mahal kita. Dahil mahal. One more time. Dahil mahal kita. Dahil mahal kita. And so with the first three, let's sing it all together. Dahil mahal kita. 
Dahil mahal na mahal kita. Dahil mahal kita. And the last line goes, Ibibigay ko ang lahat. Ibibigay ko ang lahat. Ibibigay ko ang lahat. Which means, I give you all of my heart. And so the last line goes, Ibibigay ko ang lahat. 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 So now we sing all four lines. Dahil mahal kita, dahil mahal na mahal kita, dahil mahal kita, ibibigay ko ang lahat. Dahil mahal kita. Dahil mahal na mahal kita Dahil mahal kita Ibibigay ko ang lahat Dahil mahal kita Dahil mahal na mahal kita dahil mahal kita, ibibigay ko ang lahat. Dahil mahal kita, dahil mahal na mahal kita, dahil mahal kita. Ibibigay ko ang lahat Dahil mahal kita Dahil mahal na mahal kita Dahil mahal kita Ibibigay ko ang lahat Dahil mahal kita dahil mahal na mahal kita Dahil mahal kita Ibibigay ko ang lahat Dahil mahal kita Dahil mahal na mahal kita dahil mahal kita, ibibigay ko ang lahat. Thank you for singing with me. Oh, feels so good to sing this song. Likewise, and I'm singing in a language that I know not at all. So. 
Tagalog. It's in Tagalog, right? Yes. It's a language yes. that I know nothing of. So could you tell us a little bit more about the words and how they translate into English and why this is the language you chose to write in? Mm. So Tagalog is uh, one of the many languages of the Philippines. Like, um, Maybe for the sake of those who don't know, the Philippines is composed of 7,100 islands. And so it's like, yeah, it's, there are so many spoken and written language just within the country. And there are even some places, there are some islands where the eastern part of the island and the western part of the island don't speak the same language. So it's a it's a country that is very rich with sounds and yeah mm. all these different languages and Tagalog is one of the main Philippine languages. Um, it's the language spoken in Manila, which is the capital city, and in some parts of the northern islands. For me, I learned this language because my mother, she's from, from one of the northern islands, and so I grew up um, partly speaking Tagalog and partly speaking Bisaya, which is the language of my dad, who comes from one of the islands in the south. So I grew up with my grandparents on my mother's side who spoke to me in this language, and so my first words were in this language. The mm. first songs that I learned was in this language. And eventually when I went to university, because one curious thing to know about the Philippines is that when the Americans arrived in the beginning of the 1900s, public schools were introduced to the Philippines. And so our main language for instruction is English. So we learned everything in English in school. Like, I don't even know how to say one plus one is two in neither my father's language or my mother's language, because I learned to say one plus one is two. Um, but when I went to university, I, so I, I studied a lot of things. I have a degree in, um, I have a double degree in philosophy and Philippine studies, and eventually went to um, study law. But for my for my undergrad, which is philosophy and Philippine studies, like I really tried to choose um, subjects that were yeah about the Philippine or the, the Tagalog language in particular, and I even wrote my thesis in Tagalog, which the department hasn't seen for decades because everyone just writes their thesis in in English. But yeah, I really like the sonority of Tagalog. It sounds very sweet and very soft. Like even when people are angry, it sounds like they're singing. <laughs> so I really I really like this I really like this language. It's it's very yeah, it's very beautiful. I've been teaching Antito Ngayon to my pocket song singers, as well as getting it ready for the podcast. And we've all had the same reaction. We've had the same sense of this language being very comforting. Yeah, it's really that. Like, I remember the first time that my, my grandma she shared with me um, a poem in Tagalog, and I was like, 
I, I remember like being two and it was just, or two or three years old and I was just like, wow, because yeah, on TV, everything's in English, like music, we, we mostly hear music from the US or English songs, you know, like my parents, they love listening to the Beatles, so... Mm. I I grew up hearing a lot of English sounds and like the bedtime stories are in English. But my grandma, she spoke to me and she she would share me stories and poems in Tagalog. And I'm like, yes, like we have lullabies that really I think it, it will really put you to sleep, <laughs> like <laughs> like that. <laughs> because it's just really soft. Like the the way that Tagalog is, it's very. Yeah, I'm doing a gesture with my hands for those who don't see, but there's really like a, a melody to, to Tagalog. Even if you, we, we just repeat sounds, you know, for example, someone's asking you uh, on the elevator, are you getting off here? The, the sentence would be, baba baba. Okay. So it's like, <laughs> it's just, it's just the same sound, ba, in different, in different uh, tonalities, baba baba. It means, are you getting off here? It's like a song. It's like Can a song. you say to me in Tagalog that you're glad to be here with us right now? Yeah. Masaya ho na nandito ngayon. Yeah, it's, so, it's also very easy to... I think it's a, a language that is easy to learn. I, I remember sharing with you when we were together at the Sac Blanchante, at the Enchanted Circle, that in Tagalog... When we speak of adjectives, it's not just, for example, beauty or beautiful. We say full of beauty. Yes. We don't say I'm happy. We say I'm full of happiness. Or we, we don't say it's bright outside. We say it's full of light. You know, like our adjectives is, is full of, yeah, it's grand. Like we have Tagalog is very grand in that the way we describe things is this is full of yeah full of magic or full of beauty full of taste full of light full of lightness it's so enthusiastic yeah generous it's very generous yeah in that way maybe yeah. i love to think about how language might affect the way that we think the languages mm. that we're using and that we're thinking in the way that they're shaped might affect the way that we perceive the world around us because if i say oh the sky is full of light today that feels i feel more open when i say it i feel more welcoming of this light than if I just yeah. say, oh, it's the sun is shining today. Yeah. No, I, I, I really, I agree. And I've had some people asking me even like why I smile a lot or Jeremy, who's my husband, when he came to the Philippines, he was just surprised that everyone was just so happy all the time or like very welcoming. And even if you know, the Philippines is a poor country. There is that generosity, like you say, in, in the way that we use our words, this, this generosity with these adjectives. I feel like, yeah, like you say, that our language shapes our worldview. And I really agree that, yeah, Filipinos are, 
are like that. Yeah, like no no matter where you go, like which island you go to, even if, you know, sometimes I would go to an island in the Philippines that I don't even speak the language. But yeah, everyone's just, you know. Have, have you eaten? Because yeah, also one, one particular thing about the Philippines is that instead of saying, hi, how are you? We say, have you eaten? Mm. Which is also a welcoming way to talk to someone, right? Yeah. yeah. It expresses a little concern <laughs> and it implies the possibility of generosity. And so if you say, no, I haven't, maybe somebody would offer you some food. I think if that was one of my biggest shock, like coming to Europe where... I couldn't just like go over my neighbors and say, hey, let's, you know, let's eat together or hey, we made cake. Would you like some? You know, like I cannot just do that because people have, oh, I've already scheduled this. I've already, you know, I, I already have this plan. Whereas in the Philippines where everyone's, I guess because, yeah, we're, you know, in the Pacific and it's a group of islands, so life is just more chill. And so when you tell someone like, hey, have you eaten? No, not yet. Do you want to cook something together? Or do you want to go there and fish something? Or do you want to pick something with me? And, you know, like, do you want to eat together? <laughs> it's, it's, it's very easy to, to make these connections. Yeah. So where were you when you wrote this particular song, Dahil Mahal Kita? In the Philippines. And can you tell us what sparked it and why you chose to write a song? Because I should say we haven't even given any background information about you, which oh. I don't usually do because I'm like, well, people can read the show notes. I, you know, somebody can find out if they, if they want to know. But I would at least like to say that you are primarily now working as a yoga instructor, right? You're not primarily working as a song leader. And before you were trained as a lawyer, you, you worked in nonviolent communication. So, so why did you write a song? Yeah, so it was a time in my life where I really felt... Um, I, I was struggling a bit to receive love. Mm. Um, I was away from my family, um, you know, I was in a phase where I was trying to really get to know who I really am and like what I really wanted from, with my life. I just quit my job and, you know, like, so what happens now? I ended a six-year relationship, so, you know, mm. like, how? My parents are, are far from me, my sister and brothers are away from me, like, I wasn't even surrounded by people that I know. My friends were away from me. So, like, how do mm. I, how do I take care of myself now? Like, when, if it's just me, and there's no one else to give me love, can I give that to myself? Mm. In the Philippines, everyone sings. It's hard to find a Filipino who doesn't. Thing. We have a song for everything, for harvesting rice, for cooking rice, for sharing rice, or, you know, we, we have songs for everything. And so for me, I, I thought, because yeah, I, I love singing, I thought that maybe I could give myself this love through a song. You know, mm. like I imagined that someone else was singing me this song 
mm-hmm. you know, that I love mm-hmm. you so much and I will give you everything. So even if there was no one there singing that to me, I felt like I could sing that to myself and feel that I'm receiving this intense love from me to me. <laughs> and so the it was kind of like my grown-up lullaby to myself. <laughs> like, I, okay, I, I need some love. I, I sing this song and I really feel, I really feel loved when I sing this song. Jerome is wrapping her arms around herself <laughs> as she speaks. And I, I, so am I, because when you see that happen, you can't help but do it yourself. And did you know that that's one of the things that they know about music and words is that when words are sung, we are more likely to believe them and accept them Mm. as truth. So hence advertising jingles, I think, you know, I mean, so, you know, it, it, as itself, it doesn't necessarily say whether that's good or bad. You get to, you have to choose the songs that you're, that you're listening to and that you're paying attention to. But knowing that your brain will accept it more as something that's sung, as a truth. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. I learned something today. <laughs> so can you tell us how, how your relationship with your voice has evolved? Did you grow up singing? You said there's a song for everything. Everybody sings. Did you grow up feeling very comfortable with your voice? Has that stayed the same all through your life? Yes. Mm. Like I, I grew up in a household that was singing all the time. I, like really one of my first memories with my grandfather is him recording me singing. He had this machine where he put put a cassette tape <laughs> and he would hit a button and I will sing and I really remember in the mornings he would bring out this thing and put a tape in it and then he was just he will he will just ask me to sing. Like this was my moment with my grandfather, you know. So I, I really love I, I love singing. My my sister, she sings so well. We all grew up learning how to play at least one instrument. Yeah, in the Philippines, like each household has a karaoke machine, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's really, I think this tradition of singing, like it goes really way, 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 way back. And when the Spanish came, I think the, the people from the revolution were singing songs because you couldn't share propaganda. You know, you couldn't, mm. um, th- there wasn't a lot of written material like, okay, we're going to meet here, you know, like the, the resistance. They, mm-hmm. So what they, what they did before in the rice fields, they would sing songs. Sometimes they would sing like, oh, we're going to go there and have our meeting at this time, you know. <laughs> mm. That's very similar to how enslaved people in the U.S. used song as a way of communicating without the slaveholders knowing what they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, yeah, so it's singing is, is such a big part of our of our culture and I I remember I went out with um 
I, I went on a date with a with a guy who wasn't Filipino, and at some point during our date, like I I sang something, and he was like, "Why are you singing?" You know, like, I, it's it's really part of me, and so I was like surprised that he he would ask me that, and he was like. Um, yeah, I think he did. he wasn't comfortable that from time to time I would <laughs> burst into song. <laughs> it's like not like you know like Broadway or like burst into song like that, but you know like I have a, a tendency to, you know, in my day to day life, like I would sing sweeping and sweeping, you know, like just these small things like that. <laughs> but yeah, I guess he he was a little bit put off about that and yeah and that I actually that was like when I realized that oh yeah I do sing a lot <laughs> even when I'm not singing songs like I sing a lot and it's it's really it's part of what I do like in a yoga class I I always start and end with singing a mantra I guess that's also why I really stuck with yoga because I find all of my, all the things that I love in yoga, like when I, yes, there was a physical aspect of it, the asana, the postures, but then when I found out that there's this whole philosophy behind it, and you know, like I, I really love learning about philosophy and people's way of thinking, and so I was like, oh, okay, I can get into that, and then like through these, you know, yoga philosophy books, I found out that before people were practicing yoga postures, they were singing mantras as part of their yoga practice. So I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is for me. There's singing, there's postures, there's, you know, this this is the practice for me. So I, I still, like every everything that I do still has that element of, of song in it. Yes. So... Many people that I know in the U.S. feel like songwriting, singing, but especially songwriting, is reserved for people who have music degrees or people who have oh. bands or record albums, and that that's not something that just anybody can sing while they're sweeping unless they're singing mm. along to an album that exists or they're singing a Beatles song or something like this. You know, they're singing something that somebody else wrote already. Mm. I, I felt that way for many, many years. And then I started listening to Bobby McFerrin and, and I did it. I would sing to myself, but it was very, very secret. And then I started participating in circle singing and in this improvisational idea and I heard Bobby McFerrin tell a story once where he said he was telling about how his kids used to be embarrassed because they would go into a pizza restaurant and he would sing his order to the oh. waiter. So he went through a stage, and Rhiannon as well talked about this, he went through a stage where he just sang all the time. Wow. And I wondered if you have, if you can tell us a little bit more about what you think about singing in that way that's not pre-scripted and your permission to to write songs? Mm. Wow, okay. That's a really good question. For me, like I was I was surprised when you said that there is this 
preconceived idea that you can only write songs if you have a music degree. It's very surprising for me because, yeah, it, like the culture that I grew up in, everyone just writes songs from nothing. <laughs> you know, like you see a cat and you can just sing like, oh, cat, where did you come from? You know, you know, like uh -huh. it's just, These are things that for me are normal. These are not people who have music degrees. These are just people who like singing, who really use songs to express not just like really strong emotions like heartbreaks or anger, but also just putting melody in, in everyday conversation. I feel also because Tagalog and some other um, Philippine languages are already very melodious there's already mm -hmm. like a melody to it so i guess like it just flows naturally that it becomes a song like i remember so now i live in france and learning french has been it wasn't easy <laughs> um and so i wrote i, I made this song <laughs> for When people ask me something and I don't know what to respond because either my mind, my brain still processing what this person just asked or like I don't know what to say. So I just have this response of, je ne sais pas, la 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 la. <laughs> so then it makes, for me it's like. Which okay, means it, I don't it, know in English. Yeah, it, it means, I don't know. I don't know, know you pas. know, like to avoid being frustrated I don't know, I don't understand. Instead of entering into this headspace of, oh, I don't know what you're saying, or like, oh, can you just speak in English, you know? Like, instead of being in that headspace, I'm in like, la, 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 la. <laughs> like, you know? Because, <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> I <laughs> for me, it's, it's like that. I guess song helps me to not just uh, express What, what I want to say, but also I, I think it adds more emotion to the words that I want to say, mm. you know, instead of just, I don't know, or I don't understand. It becomes, I don't know, and it's okay, you know? But you could have written, I don't know, stop talking like that, I don't know, I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Would have given you a different feel. Yeah, true. <laughs> I don't know. I just it, it it became like je ne sais pas. <laughs> la, 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 la. La, la, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I so like then, it. yeah, because I guess at the time that I I I wrote this like small bit of a song, I was trying to be more gentle to myself and be like, mm. oh, it's okay, you know, you just got here. Don't expect yourself to like be fluent in French like really quickly it's okay <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah so yeah i guess for me yeah music or like song helps you to say more in a way by like adding this the the melody adds the the emotion to it you know like just mm -hmm. the way you sang like i don't know and you know like it adds an emotion to these words that are just like yeah I don't know. Mm -hmm. And it brings yeah. that emotion into your body immediately, I think, at least for me. Yeah. When I'm singing an emotion, that's what I start feeling. 
Yeah. No, for sure, I agree. You speak so many languages fluently. Some people say music is its own language. What do you think are the shortcomings of music as a language? Hmm. Wow. What are the shortcomings of music as a language? Which is maybe an odd question to ask on a podcast that's all about music as an effective <laughs> language, but... I, I do, like for me, I really believe that music is an effective language. I guess it, it goes beyond like any oral language. Yes, there are like, you know, in grammar you have rules and you have these rules also in music. But I guess, hmm, what are the shortcomings? Of, I cannot think of any. You know, I feel like if everyone just sang their feelings, I think the world will be a better place. <laughs> you know, if like if if they couldn't express words, but they could express sound, we'll all just be more free. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. Have you ever run into? When I was learning Chinese, it was confusing to me because it is a tonal language that sometimes a sentence would go up at the end, you know, in tone, but it wouldn't be a question. And in English, generally, if you're saying something and you're asking a question, your voice goes up, and that's the only, you know, that's <laughs> when you get voice change, pitch change, is when you're asking a question, it goes up at the end. Or if you're making a real statement, then it goes down, right? Mm. And in Chinese, the the pitch motion was not related to the emotion of the words in the same way, mm. right? Because it changed the meaning of the word itself. Yeah. So is, is Tagalog, I guess my first question is, is Tagalog, a, you said it's melodic and it moves, and you gave the example with the elevator, with lots of different baths. Is it a tonal language officially where if you say ba or ba, are those different words? No. Okay. Yeah. That was one question I had. So then my second question <laughs> is just, I'm so curious, have you noticed among the languages that you speak and the music that you know, whether you've ever experienced music that somebody from another culture has interpreted as joyful and it sounded sad to you, or, you know, the other way around. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there is, um, so I know a, a Mandarin song that is quite sad. The words are quite sad. But when you sing it, like the first time I heard it, I thought it was like a happy song. But then when I found out what it was, I was like, oh, wow, that's tragic. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess you, you could have that, you know. And I'm, now I'm curious whether that song would sound tragic and sad to someone who is, was raised in a Mandarin culture or whether it's an example, because there are examples of songs in the States that I know I've sung, where it sounds, the song sounds happy, but when you take the words apart, they're really not. 
So sometimes there's a mismatch, right, of the, or not a mismatch, it's because that implies that it wasn't supposed to be done, but sometimes it makes something sad feel even sadder because it's encased in this happy sound. I guess we we just found a limit to song. <laughs> That's like a, a yeah, because like you could have a like a, a high melody where you know like that would sound happy, but then words that could be sad, you know. Then that could be a, but then also is it then. Because of the words that we use? Right, not the know. song itself. And h- how can you separate the words from a song? And do you even want to? I mean, yeah. I mean, here I'm doing a breath of song. I'm not doing many wordless songs. Mm. Very occasionally, but not many. So... Jérôme and I met at this amazing retreat called Le Cercle Enchanté, which she's already talked a teeny bit about. It was in the mountains, in the the middle of France. We got to co-create music. Much of the music we were creating was not with words. Yeah. It was kind of an attempt to allow what one is feeling and what one's hearing flow directly through into the space. I did yoga almost every morning with you. Yeah. I'm wondering, what do you notice about people when they are on this kind of singing retreat? Because Jérôme was faculty there and was there in a in a way of supporting people to have their experience, um, to be present. I'm wondering, are there particular physical needs that you adjust for when you are in this kind of a singing retreat? Are there particular emotional needs that you see rising when people are spending their time creating wordless song? Yeah, what I, so I was in this retreat for two weeks. Like you were there for a week. Participants were there for a week, but the, the teachers, we were there for two weeks. And what was, you know, it was like two totally different groups with very different people coming from all over the world. But one thing that was common of the two weeks, there were I saw people who came to me like on one-on-one basis um, who needed to understand what they went through. Like they would go into these circles where they would express in sound body percussion or in you know in in music in in songs that didn't have any words and yet somehow it touched a part of them that they didn't understand and so they came to me to help them understand what was going on like help them why they were frustrated or why they were angry or why they were sad or why they were so happy there was i think through all these songs that was going on in the circles, we were touching we were touching a part of us that we don't have access to. Maybe even words don't have access to. Like I remember there was this woman who 
came to me and, and she just asked me to watch her cry. Like she just mm-hmm. told me, I just want you to watch me cry. Like she wanted someone to witness her going through very deep emotions. And so it was my role in this retreat was to help people understand what they were going through because I was also, you know, I wasn't playing like therapist there. Like I wasn't there to like decode their frustrations or emotions. But, you know, like I was there asking them questions like, can you put words into your feeling? You know, and sometimes there weren't any. Sometimes it was just like, or sometimes it was just tears. Mm-hmm. So I was there to to hold people or to give them the space to help them digest what they just experienced. And so then they could be ready to go into the next circle. Mm-hmm. I was very moved by this level of care that was offered at Le Cercle Enchanté and the, the recognition that people would be could be going through fairly intense emotional experiences that I think when we gather groups of people, even last night I was singing with just four other people in this small group of flow singing. And I think three of the people came to tears at one point or another during the evening as we were singing. I think when we gather people to sing and when we sing together, being aware of how vulnerable it can feel and how it, how it is an opening and then maybe thinking about how can I help myself or how can I um, have an, a netting set somehow for, for people who are experiencing this. Not that it's, it's one of the things that I think about as I gather people and, and invite people to experience song as a powerful change-making opening experience I realize that if I'm asking people to do this I also have to I don't know be ready to welcome be ready to welcome yes exactly exactly which is not you know I I, at at one point I was like I'm I I do song I don't do you know (laughs) I don't do other people's big feelings I don't know where to go with that. I, I, I'm not a therapist. I'm, you know, that feels out of my wheelhouse, right? But what's been interesting to me is to observe that if the song is real and people mm. are having this, this real experience, that's part of it. That's part of what, what we're all there for. That's part of what moves me most deeply. That's when song has been most healing to me is when I've been able to let myself go to those places. I remember a very powerful experience. It was in a yoga class. And after we did the yoga practice, it wasn't the teacher, 
for this class. I was a I was one of the students, and so after after the yoga practice, the teacher asked us to chant all together, Om Namah Shivaya. When in in yoga, when we chant, we use Sanskrit uh, mantras. And no one speaks Sanskrit anymore. And like, you could have like an idea of what it means, but because no one speaks it anymore, we don't really know exactly what these things, well, what the words mean. And so it was just that Om Namah Shivaya, and we were just singing it all together. It was in a huge hall of like, I think we were like 150 or almost 200 people just singing this. And we were just singing these three words over and over and over again. And I just cried. I didn't even know what the words meant. But I don't know if it was like the energy in the room that moved me or the sound moved me. I don't know. But what I what I knew at the time was that singing these three words touched something in me. I like I like mm. your image of like the opening and maybe the the song being like the open sesame, you know. <laughs> it, it it becomes an opening into into something, like maybe an opening into getting to know yourself more. Because I feel like yoga and singing are ways for us to really know who we are, like what we mm. like, what mm. makes us happy, what makes us sad, because these are tools that we can use to understand what we're going through, or at mm -hmm. least like have an idea of how we, how we're going through things. You know, like we're not just um, breathing through or brushing past our feelings. We're really like there experiencing them like through song or through yoga yes yes yeah and it has been an intense few years and i think maybe it's not being recognized enough that when we have come through something like a global pandemic there are going to be after effects that we're all living with now maybe an extra layer of tenderness and therefore maybe an extra layer of defensiveness or mm. you know things are i what do you hope to carry forward with you that grew out of this time for me the pandemic and i guess these times that we're living in you know all of these like anxious energy around for me what I learned from all of this is the importance of caring and mostly of ourselves and really I think like we really have to take care of ourselves. Mm. Um, I have a lot of friends who are very core activists and who who do a lot of things for for other people you know like saving lives and things like this but when we don't take care of ourselves, who's going to continue our battles for us? You know, I, I I have a friend who, she works for the French army and he, during the, when the civil war broke out in, in Afghanistan, like just last year or two years ago, 
she was there, you know, helping people evacuate, and it, she she just reached a point where it's like, wow, I, it's, it's too much, and I I had to remind her, take care of yourself too, you know, like if you're not, who's gonna help these people? Yeah, there's other people who work for the French army who can do that, but you know, like if if you feel like this is really your your calling, if you feel that this is really your mission in life, you should also we we should know how to take care of ourselves because the fight is long. Yes. Um, well, not just the fight, but how how do I say this? Um, yeah, there's I know a lot of people who who hold like very they hold space for other people and they hold they hold very big principles or very big responsibilities and they forget that they're part of all this like yeah sure they do things for other people or for a cause but then you somehow you can't forget yourself or you you can remove yourself from the situation you know you're like oh i'm going to sacrifice my sleep because these people need this or and maybe I'm gonna skip a meal because you know. And anyway, I, I'll do this. You know, like we become like second. We don't prioritize ourselves too much, and I feel like we should not in the selfish way of like just me, me, me. But you know, like when you know that you you want to be of service to other people to a cause, you should know how to care for yourself because at the end of the day like yeah you're the one holding your torch for maybe for people following behind you but if you're not taking care of yourself then it's like who's going to do this the torch will fall yeah just bringing it to nuts and bolts how do you care for yourself besides singing and yoga or are those the two yeah there's song and there's yoga for sure but also i i like taking time in the day and just really asking myself so how are we uh-huh. <laughs> hello how are you <laughs> you know uh-huh. like just what do you need also just asking myself why like i i would catch myself in times during the day like why are you doing this because i i have a tendency when i do things i'm like really so deep into doing it that i forget that oh I need to rest my eyes or, oh, I haven't been out of the house, you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, I haven't breathed fresh air yet, you know, Mm -hmm. like I I was just stuck here all day. So, you know, I asked myself, hey, what's important, you know, like, hey, why are you doing this? And always just like coming back to my reason, I feel like this is my number one self-care, really Mm -hmm. knowing my intention for doing things and being sure that my my needs are also met i don't know like i i'm that type of person who will who can put myself in the back (laughs) like so deep into all these things that i'm doing that i forget to eat or i forget to take a deep breath i forget to drink water you know like really basic stuff yeah that's a beautiful practice do you have other questions that you are carrying right now that set of questions, how am I right now? Why am I doing this? That might be enough, <laughs> but I want to give you space. No, yeah, for me, I really like the question, what is important right now? Mm. Mm-hmm. So then 
I can really put things into perspective, like, okay, what is important right now? What is important right now is for me to send this email so that, you know, what is important right now? I go take a walk or I, I take the compost out. This is important right now. You know, like really ask myself, what is important right now? What is important for me right now? That's a beautiful question. Is there anything that you're excited about right now that you'd like to share with other people? What am I excited about? <laughs> oh, well, I guess beginning tomorrow, I'm taking a four-day off. <laughs> I have a four-day weekend. So uh -huh. That's quite <laughs> exciting for me. I'm, I'm not doing anything grand, you know. I'm not going to Spain or whatever. I'm just... We're, we're just going to see family and hang out with Jeremy and Camille's uh, grandpa. <laughs> uh -huh. And uh -huh. maybe read books with him. I, I, yeah, I think that's going to be, that's going to be a lovely time. Like just to not think about anyone else and just think about me and <laughs> really like um, in French their word for enjoying is profiter so you take profit from the profiter de la pause you take advantage or you enjoy your break so I like this I'm gonna profiter from this <laughs> excellent so as we I have definitely profiter from this interview, if we can smash the two languages together. Yeah. I have received much from this conversation that we've had. I wonder if there are any questions that you wish I had asked you before we go on to the lightning round. Ooh. Um, no, I, I really like this conversation. I, yeah, I, I really liked how language and song and feelings are all into this and yeah and culminating in self-care because yeah I really feel like singing is a form of self-care and I love that we came back to the way that we think in a, another language and how knowing yeah. different languages influences our yeah. thoughts widens widens our thoughts in some way yeah yeah so, lightning round questions, are you ready? Okay, so can you just explain to me again what's going to happen? <laughs> so, all that a lightning round question means is I will ask a question, you give me an answer quickly. You don't have to think about okay. it a lot. You just give a quick answer without a lot of explanation. And then we go okay. to the next one. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. What's an album that was really important to you? Okay. An album that was really important to me, it's, it's an album called One <laughs> by a friend who doesn't have an artist name, it's just a vibration. Her symbol is vibration. Oh, wow. So can you send me a link for that? Because I will want to yes. link to it. And Yes. I'm not convinced yes. I'll be able to find it. So that would be great <laughs> yeah. if you would send me a link. What is your favorite soup? Okay, my favorite soup is called mongo, and it's um, a soup with coconut milk, um, mung beans, squash, and spinach. Ooh, that sounds delicious. 
What is a sound that you feel strongly about? Mm. Ah, okay. Who is an artist you wish more people listened to? <laughs> that is a really nice question. <laughs> but I would say, because it's hard, I'm picking from many different languages, so um, maybe from an English-speaking artist. I would say people should listen to, <laughs> I'm surprised this is the first thing that came to my mind. Okay. Kendrick Lamar. Ah, okay. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. But yeah. So I'm, so tell us who is a, an artist, if you know of one, an artist who is recorded in, in Tagalog or another one of the Philippine languages that you particularly love. And because now with the internet, we can go listen. I would love to listen to somebody. Yes, okay, so I really, really, really love uh, this Filipina singer. Her name is uh, Cynthia Alexander. Okay. Yeah, she has, can I, can I sing one, uh, a small bit of a song Absolutely. from her? Absolutely. So the song is called Comfort in Your Strangeness, and the chorus goes, I have seen, I have been to places far and deep in my mind, only to find comfort in your strangeness. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we will want a link to that, too. <laughs> okay. Which I will also put in the show notes. These show notes are going to be particularly rich, I think. Um, before we close the conversation, I usually ask people, where can we find you and follow your projects? I don't really share a lot of stuff <laughs> online. Well, I mostly share personal stuff. So I guess people can find me on Instagram. I, my account is jerone.gentlewarrior. So I share yoga stuff, philosophy. Um, there are some videos of me there singing or making songs. Um, Wonderful. <laughs> it's a bit of a, a mishmash of many different things. Jeremy and I, we have a, a project that is where it's something brewing. We're, we're trying to... Perhaps it's going to be an album, we don't know yet, but he likes writing poetry and I like making music. So we're thinking of maybe doing something. I look forward to it. A huge thank you to you, Jerome, for coming on A Breath of Song. And a huge thank you to you, our listeners. I'm so glad you're singing with us. Visit abreathofsong.com to see those show notes with links, lyrics, Patti Piotrowski's glorious artwork. Sign up there to get artwork and music in your mailbox every week. How beautiful is that? And be one of the generous people who put something in the gratitude jar to help cover costs. Before Patti or I gets paid, 25% is donated to the Jazz Foundation of America, which directly supports jazz, blues, and roots musicians in need. 
the skill and the artistry of these musicians has directly shaped most of the music that I share on this podcast, yet historically they have been inadequately recognized and unfairly recompensed. So this is a small step that I take toward restoration. Let's sing Dahil Mahal Kita. Let me get that right. Again, to help it sink in more deeply. Dahil Mahal Kita. Dahil Mahal na Mahal Kita. Dahil Mahal Kita. Ibibigay ko ang lahat. Jerome, thank you so much for coming today. Oh, no, thank you for having me. This was a really nice conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank I'm you. I'm so glad. Thank you. Um, I don't do these for any purpose other than for me to get to connect with people that I admire and would like to know better. Thank you so much for having me. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you. And thank you, listeners and singers, for joining Jérôme and me today for A Breath of Song. I'm grateful that you are taking care of yourself and listening to your voice. I believe making a better world starts with tuning in to ourselves and each other, which is what we just did. So, yay us! Yay us! If you're liking this podcast, please share with a friend, and next time we'll plant another song. Until then, be well.